Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Fearless Generations with Terry Sayer and Kelly Fox. Hello and welcome to Fearless Generations, 12 Steps to Freedom. This is Kelly Fox and I'm excited to continue along the path of Step 7, Surrender. Tonight we're going to be talking about humbles. And I know that that word can have different meanings to everyone. So I'm excited to jump in and start talking about it. But first, let me introduce my beautiful co-host, Terry Sayre. How are you doing tonight, Terry? I am doing wonderfully. It's been a beautiful day, such sunshine and opportunity to get out into nature and work in my garden. It was a lovely day. Well, I am so glad to hear that. <laughs> um, yeah, I we had a lovely weekend, went to Yosemite, lots of family fun, and... Uh, surrender, I think, came up while we were on our trip. Uh, it's definitely something that happens as a mom having, you know, desires of children getting along in a long car ride and smiling for pictures and, um, you know, everyone, uh, doing what you, what you have intended to do, but it all went good. It all went good. Uh, good time okay. had. So we are super excited to have a new guest coach on the show tonight, and she uh, is one of my friends, so I'm excited to have her on. Please welcome Elizabeth Hello, hello. <laughs> hello. Welcome. Thank you so much for being here with us. Yeah, I'm, 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 I love this topic, and I love the way that you guys have things set up, and um, I am really, really pleased to be a part of it. I was going to say I'm humbled to be a part of it, but it's not true. No. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just happy and excited. Yeah, awesome. Well, Elizabeth, we would love to have you introduce yourself to our listeners. So please share um, what it is you do and who it is you serve. Yeah, sure. I am the founder of Joyful Parenting Coaching, where stressed out parents get the skills they need to create the happy, harmonious homes they desire and they deserve. And I come to parenting coaching from teaching and really support parents of kids of all ages. But because my teaching sweet spot was middle school, that is my particular love when it comes to parents, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's I am a definitely time. <laughs> a parent with a frustrating middle schooler. <laughs> <laughs> so... You can tell, audience, how much I love Elizabeth. (laughs) 
So awesome. Such a needed service out there, especially now with uh, kids being taught at home by their parents. Uh, Definitely a challenge, Um, but hopefully with kids starting to go back to school, it will lessen a little. So I hope so. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. (laughs) Elizabeth, what does surrender mean to you? Mm. First, it means take a deep breath. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Take a really, really deep breath. Um, You know, I mean, from the very earliest moments of parenting, um, that is what an infant teaches us. Because there are, right, you absolutely cannot abandon your infant. You, and mm-hmm. sometimes you remember those nights when, you know, you've done everything you're supposed to do. You've fed and you've changed and you've burped and you've rocked and you've soothed. And that baby is still crying. And not like just little whimper cries, but, you know, those the world is coming to an end. And I'm only two months old cried mm-hmm. and it's such a humbling moment to realize that if you can't do anything that sometimes all you can do is to be present with your baby and take deep breath mm-hmm. um, and you know try to bring that stillness into yourself and that presence into yourself that just says Ah, baby, I am here with you. I am present with you. I'm going to wait you out. I'm not going to mm-hmm. abandon you even when I'm feeling helpless and even when the sound that you're making is just killing me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, right? You guys remember those moments. Oh, yeah. I do. Yeah, I and then you get moments. to do it again. <laughs> Go ahead. I was... I was just saying, I still have those moments. They don't have to be two months old. <laughs> no, no, you get new versions of the same thing, yeah. right? Um, yes. I think parents are particularly shocked when, I think one of the reasons we call the twos the terrible twos is there is that moment, whether it's, you know, sort of somewhere between 18 months and, and three, three and a half, when the child absolutely exerts her will and is such an incredible force of fury and screaming and sweating and crying and tense body stamping her foot. And, you know, and I loved what you said about your trip to Tahoe because usually trips like that go super well if we hold zero hopes or expectations. Mm-hmm. And as soon as our hopes and expectations come into conflict with our children's will, uh, that's when things get problematic. And, mm-hmm. But with your two-year-old, I think it's such a shock because this creature is so small and she is fully exerting her power to say no and to refuse to do something. And you're a little bit dumbfounded and I think at the same time humbled that in the power of of her strength of will, 
Mm-hmm. Right? See that yeah. energy and see that determination and that clarity in this in this creature, in this little kid. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you you can't make me. And of course, you know, we can pick, still pick up a two year old, and we can still force them into clothing or shoes or a car seat. But it isn't, and it's demoralizing, right? I mean, if you've ever tried to wrestle a child into a car seat, you oh, yeah. feel like you are doing, yeah, right? You feel like you are, are doing something wrong and bad mm-hmm. and what you shouldn't, you know, something. And yet you're desperate to get it done. And that you haven't been able to find a way to finesse the child in the chair. You know, to bribe her, to cajole her, to promise her, to, you know, threaten her. Nothing has worked. That mm-hmm. is very disempowering to you. And again, oh, yeah. I think you, you have to take that deep breath that goes, oh, wow. And you're just faced with the reality of like, I can't, I can't fix this right now. She's two years old and she has all the power. Yeah. The only power you have is to let go. Yeah, I learned very quickly that I could not make my children do what I wanted them to. (laughs) And they have reinforced that truth over and over again as they have grown. Um. But I think that it can still be, there's still going to be a challenge in what I feel are my parents' duties and what they feel um, are my, uh, you know, what my role uh, needs to be in their life. And it's kind of like, Choosing my battles, do I really want to, um, you know, cause an upheaval over this or that? When do I put my foot down? Um, And how do I help them to learn how to make choices for themselves, learn how to govern themselves? in a way that's going to support them in having a better life. And it's definitely a humbling experience. Uh, I'm constantly learning from my children and constantly learning how to approach them, how to uh, guide them, how to support them. I'm... um, constantly uh, open to any kind of guidance or support from others who possibly might know more than me. So I I feel like uh, surrendering and being humble is definitely a role uh, that is embraced by parents uh, and is definitely embraced by me. Well, hopefully they embrace it because 
you know, if they don't, first of all, life is just much harder for everybody. Um, and secondly, I think that the damage to the kid is clear, right, just the level of conflict. But the damage to the parent, I think, is a true loss of self-confidence. You know, mm-hmm. if they can't surrender, if they can't let go of some of those battles, if they can't... Um, I mean, I think the other dynamic that we have going on here is that when, you know, that the infant actually trains us very well to be the adult and to take care of its needs. And then we have to undo all that learning as the emerging person comes forth. And again, we see that again at middle school, front and center, right? That Mm -hmm. in some ways, when we really remind ourselves that the 11, 12, 13-year-old is his own person. He is not, right, the, the Gilbert quote, that he is of us, he is not us, he is passing through us. And we can, you know, we can have rules for our house. We can have hopes for him. But we cannot be him. And we really have to get out of his way and let him develop into the person he is meant to be. And, you know, with our little kids, we can have the illusion of control and the illusion mm-hmm. that we are, are um, that the person that we are raising is who they are because of the way we are raising them. And mm-hmm. eventually we just find out that that's just not true. They yeah. are their own first people. And and that is a kind of surrender. Mm-hmm. And recognizing yeah. that we get to teach them our values, but they still get to choose their own values. Yeah. Right? We can have rules around our values, so well. but they don't have to agree with them. And they don't have to, they don't have to honor them. Our values do not have to have weight with them. And that's a humble yeah. moment, I think. Yes. Yes, it is. Terry, uh, what are you thinking right now? Well, I'm just, uh, I'm thinking about uh, surrendering and humility. Humility to me means being teachable. When we're humble, we're willing to learn, we're open, we're present. And to me, to be humble is to be teachable. So I don't have to be right. It doesn't have to be my way. I'm surrendering to the possibilities. I'm listening. I'm observing. I'm being true to myself. And I think, I can't remember, Kelly, who we were talking to this weekend about, as a parent, we see in our children ourselves we're like a mirror Mm -hmm. so if our value is to be kind to have integrity to be honest and we show those values to our children more than likely as they're growing up they're going to mirror mirror those back to us and at some point in time they're going to um you know, we're going to give them the freedom to make up their own choices, to make their own choices. But by 
by showing them, not telling them our values, but showing them in our in our level of integrity, our level of honesty, our level of kindness and compassion, not just for our children, but for ourselves and for our our friends and strangers, if we are those things, that is whom we are, then more than likely our children are going to see that as something that they would like to aspire to as well. And... Mm-hmm. Um, and that's surrendering. It's, you know, you're surrendering to you, to yourself. To me, it also in, in, engages surrendering to my to my higher power, uh, to God, who has my back all the time, who loves me unconditionally, who has set the example for me to mirror mirror His Son Christ in my life. I want to be like Him. Um, that's my choice. And so that that's just what I was thinking. I was thinking about surrendering. I mean, I, you know, my children are all all grown and I did what I could do. I did the best I could and they're all lovely, serving human beings that, you know, treat other people respectfully. So they just probably came that way. It wasn't too much I did because <laughs> if I was going to going to want to look back on my life, I could beat myself up a lot in my parenting skills. But um I, I have compassion for myself. I realize I did the best I could, and uh, I love my children unconditionally. But uh, I wish I and you can't wish and hope your life away. But everything happens for a reason, and, and and your teachers come along when you're ready to learn. It would have been nice if I had known some of the things I know now <laughs> when my mm-hmm. children were young, and I could have surrendered more. And not had to uh, have con- so much control. I think if I could do it over, and I had a do-over, that would be the one thing I would I would be more humble and teachable, and I would surrender more and not have to be in control, because that never works out. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. in retrospect, you can look back on that uh, that need to have control when really the only thing you can control is yourself and how you show up, how you take up space how you show compassion, integrity, and your values. And uh, not you can't tell somebody else to do that. You know, you have to, you have to be that. And then your children may mirror that back to you. But, again, we talked about expectations. We don't do that expecting them to, to uh, you know, toe the line to our, our view of the world. But we have an intention of showing that to them so they have a good foundation to make their choices so Mm -hmm. that's what I was thinking yeah and when we can honor them and really approach them with curiosity and then and again there's this there's this crossover from being the clear parent of the ship who is the captain of the ship who really is in charge of things and is in charge of explaining things and including setting the standards and, you know, you said that we do it by our example. And, yes, of course, ultimately we do it by our example. But when our kids are little, we do it, we do it, we would do it with explicit teaching as well. You know, mm-hmm. we say in our family we are kind. In our family we use our words to solve problems. Let me help you use your words. And so we do train and we coach. The difficulty comes, I believe, in 
that those middle school years of stepping back, trusting that all of your teaching is has saturated and soaked mm-hmm. into the kid, and that, but then they have to go there to test it themselves, and that's their job in middle school is to test it themselves. And if at that point we tighten up and we get we get scared and we don't take that deep breath and surrender into the stage that middle school is, recognize their need to pull away, to try things on for their, for their own selves, right? They have to pick stuff up and try it on, and they do it both externally with their clothing or their earrings or their hairstyle, and they do it internally with attitudes and ideas. Like, well, I don't have to be... You're so nice all the time. I don't have to be nice all the time. How's it going to, you know, I have to try it. And when we can settle down as a parent and watch the stage and have the, that the child's going to come out the other end and let them know, you know, we're present with them. I don't have to like their behavior, but if we can just of their way a little bit, and let them try on those different attitudes. Um, I think it makes the whole process easier. I think they feel more supported in the process of becoming the people that they're trying to become. Well, I would say, first, I uh, I taught school for forty years as well. So, um, but I taught early childhood ed, so I taught kindergarten. So even uh, in the really young child you know the infant to five five to six year old um they're very autonomous as well and even though you're teaching them at the same time you're teaching them to make decisions and to make choices you know you put out two outfits and you let them choose one you know you you give them a choice of what they want in their sandwich for lunch or you give them a choice of what uh you know, what game are we going to play? So that you're giving them that opportunity from the time they're young um, to make choices and to feel that autonomy of not being told everything to do. And then you you create that atmosphere of a structure because structure is really important in, in all of our lives. And you give them resources to make decisions and, um, I, I love working with young children. I don't, you know, by the time my kids were in middle school, um, and my kids are kind of spread out, there's 13 years between the five of them. So, you know, I had uh, three of them in high school and middle school at the same time. I have this really interesting little configuration of one that's five years older than the second one, and the last one is four years younger than the third one, and the, fir- the second, third, and fourth one were all in high school at the same time. They're very close together in age. Mm-hmm. So I had a concentrated a concentrated middle school and high school experience with all girls. Those are all girls and uh you know it was very interesting to watch them as you say try try their wings and and it could be it could be frustrating and once again I it would have been uh, advantageous if I had known a little bit more about being teachable and not uh 
having this uh, need to be perfectionistic and in control of everything. So, but so be it. That's the past. I don't live in the past. I live in the present. And again, my children are amazing adults. So I'm happy about that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I'd like to say that. um, Just one idea. And that's just that, you know, what I was saying before about us keeping the faith Mm -hmm. um, for our children, that if that's one thing that I could give to parents of middle schoolers, of just just you be the rock. You mm-hmm. say you tr- you be that shining beacon that says this is a phase, it's a stage. Everybody goes through it. You are going to be fine when you come out the other end. And don't worry, I you know I'm here to walk alongside you. And you're going to be fine. That just that breathing room, but also you know mm-hmm. when you're 12, you don't um, you don't know that you're going to come out the other end. You've never experienced this before, so you've never experienced coming out of it. So that's just you know that that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with being humble, um, except that when you can do it, you're kind of stepping aside. Mm-hmm. Right? You're really kind of right. saying, I trust in the process. Yeah, it's surrendering to the process. Yeah, I think that something that is very humbling is that we each have our own path. And we, as parents, might have had dreams or desires for our children, but those things might not be on the path that they are going to live. And it's... definitely a surrendering to their desires for themselves, their path, their process, and and surrendering this desire for it to look or be a certain way. And it's very humbling to realize that there is uh, a power and, and um, um a way of things that is way beyond your understanding and control and that, you know, trusting that all is for our good, that all is is happening for their good, all is happening for our good, and that everything's going to be okay. And I think that, you know, helping our children to know that as well is is a really powerful thing that they can that they can have for me it's it's been um, a huge process of continuing to let go of what my dreams or what my desires were for them and see the ones that they have for themselves. Mm. It is hard, isn't it? It is a challenge for sure. But um, <laughs> we are. But you do out come out the other side. <laughs> yes, you do come yes. out the other side, and then you have grandchildren, and they're amazing. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, um, Elizabeth, we are almost out of time. We have two minutes left, and I want to give you a chance to share with our listeners where they can get 
a hold of you if they would like to learn more about what it is that you do. Sure. Thank you for that. Uh, my website is my name, elizabethstitt.com. That's Elizabeth with an S, not a V. Um, and Stitt is S-T-I-T-T. And there is a resource page with um, checklists and ebooks and those kinds of things. And I do send out a newsletter regularly. So signing up for the newsletter is a great way to um, continue this conversation and to you know, continue to explore the ideas of how do we stay present with our children, provide them the structure they need, and still at the same time keep honoring who they are as individuals and not trying to make them yeah. something else. Those are big themes of mine. Awesome. Yes, and please do post links to all of your things in the Facebook group and on our Facebook page so that our listeners can find you easily. We um, appreciate you being here so much. We thank you, thank you. I love the discussion that we had tonight. We just want to remind our listeners that the 12 Steps to Freedom are created by Rhonda Britton, the CEO and founder of Fearless Living. If you would like to know more about Fearless Living, go to fearlessliving.org, and you can find lots of information there. And always, you can find Terry and I on Facebook at Fearless Generations, or our we have a couple different groups that you can look at as well, uh, like Get Fearless at any age with Fearless Generations and at our website, fearlessgenerations.org. We thank you all for being here. And until next week, be fearless. Be fearless. Thanks, ladies.